Hail Dictinus! Grant us clear voices, strong sound, and good reads. The fire which seems extinguished often slumbers beneath the ashes. Welcome to Ashes to Ashes, the 253rd episode of Three Pagans and a Cat. Our opening today is courtesy of 17th century French poet Pierre Cornell. Our opening and closing music is credited as Frostwaltz Alternate by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com and licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0. You may call me Ode. Mary Meet, my name is Gwyn, I'm Ode's mother, and I really think we need to reconsider our opening because it is fucking cold in Michigan, and I think we don't need to invoke Frost. We didn't invoke Frost. Isn't it called Frost Waltz Alternate? Oh, that. Yes. <laughs> I thought you were saying Robert Frost. I was like, no, no, no different no, no, poet. No, no. <laughs> no, not the poet. The music. The, the music. Frost Waltz Alternate. Well, I'm not changing it now. It took forever to find one I liked. Oh, sadness. <laughs> All right. I guess we'll just have to be cold. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Housekeeping. Housekeeping. Well, I did want to talk about the fact that now that we are inching right. toward December, is we're, we're, we're getting into winter here. Yay, verily, very close. Uh-huh. I wanted to remind people about convocation mm-hmm. that is going to be happening in Ypsilanti this year. Right, because they've moved locations. They've moved locations from Southfield to Ypsilanti, and it is February 22nd through the 25th for convocation 2024. Yes. We are not going to be going this year. No, we're not attending. We're taking nope. a break. We're taking a break after talks and consideration. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're not going to be attending this year, but we highly, yes, highly it's a great recommend. Time. It is a wonderful time. Great community of people. Wonderful teachers. Mm-hmm. If you want to know more or learn more about it, go to convocation.org. All the information you need for who's going to be the guest of honor or, well, guests of yes. honor, who are going to be the teachers and the types of I'm sure it's activities. going to be a great lineup. It always is. It's always a great lineup. And uh, they have stuff for children mm-hmm. and teens. And and there's always the the market. Yep. They have an amazing. You can, you can go and spend way too much money. Way too much <laughs> money on, on the marketplace. And then there's also an art room for mm-hmm. people who do art and yep. want to sell their artwork. Yep. That's always very cool, too. Always beautiful. And it's So, you just, know, bring a few hundred extra dollars. <laughs> yeah. Make sure you bring some money for to splurge at the uh-huh. market. Because you will uh, want to. Witchy wears. Oh, and there's usually a... Um, a raffle. Yes, there's usually a raffle on the on the last yeah. what the Saturday before yep. the final day. And, and you can get some great stuff in the raffle. Yep. And there's a dance and there's just all kinds of good good times to be had. Mm-hmm. So again, convocation 2024, February 22nd through the 25th. We will talk about it a little bit more mm-hmm. as, as we you get know, closer. As we get closer. But if you want to go, you should you oh, should now. get your hotel room now. Now. They are you can reserve a room now. Uh, they've got a, a special deal mm-hmm. going for anyone who is uh, going to convocation. And those rooms will fill up fast. They will. They will fill up. They so always do. Make sure if you want to go, even if you're not, and they're also pre-registering, I think, for the yeah. convocation itself as well. The first thing you want to do yeah. is reserve a Ho- room. Hotel room. Get a hotel room. So that's that's my contribution for the day. Yes. And I think that's all we have for housekeeping at the I moment. I think it is, yeah. All right. Then we are house kept and house swept. Yep. So this is an episode that was originally planned around Ash Wednesday, and it just kept getting bumped further and further and further back the calendar until now it's November. (laughs) Yep. 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 Here we are in November. But hey, Ash for ritual, for magic, Mm -hmm. for all kinds of things 
it, it's good year round. Yes. <laughs> uh, and it's used in a lot of different oh, cultures yeah. and in a lot of different contexts, mm-hmm. not just Ash Wednesday. That's right. And it's um, been around for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. Yes. Long before Christianity. Long even. before Christianity. Since this was originally planned around Ash Wednesday, I do have a little bit about Ash Wednesday. Yeah. Might as well start with that and then we can kind yeah, of we can, bounce around. Yeah, we can move, we move around. So there is a lot of debate actually about sort of where the modern Catholic imposition of ashes stems from mm-hmm. um, before the medieval period because it like really became a thing in the medieval period uh, in Europe mm-hmm. um, and the imposition of ashes is when the priest puts a like a usually like a dot or a cross of ashes or it used to actually be sprinkled on top of the head mm-hmm. um, of ashes on the faces or heads of the congregation right Originally, that was something that was only done to penitents, Mm -hmm. and there is some, like, debate even now in various denominations about whether it's appropriate to to, um, do the imposition of ashes because, like, it might go against certain teachings Mm -hmm. from the New Testament about, um, like, not disfiguring the faces of the church. But so the the idea that that came about in the medieval church was that the imposition of ashes, especially to a penitent um, or someone who was repenting for something, mm-hmm. would was supposed to induce other Christians to look on them with sympathy and pray for them. Mm. Um, and then the imposition of ashes during Ash Wednesday was supposed to be a reminder of mortality. Mm. That's the ashes to ashes, dust to dust thing. Right, right. It might have come or been derived in some way from a Jewish tradition. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which where, is recorded in the Old Testament and in the Hebrew uh-huh, scriptures. Various, the, the Torah. Yeah, the Torah. Um, but there is a ritual that is performed in, or was performed in ancient Jewish sacraments of burning a sacrifice of a red heifer, a red mm-hmm. cow. And those ashes from the sacrifice of the red cow would be used to purify any people or objects who had come in contact with a corpse because a corpse was unclean. Mm -hmm. And so, like, the uncleanness of the corpse would be transferred to anything or anyone who touched it. So you would use the ashes of this red heifer to purify anything that had touched the corpse. Mm -hmm. And they think that actually may have come from an even older ancient Egyptian pagan practice of burning red cow or possibly red-haired human beings as as a sacrifice and then those ashes were fanned mm, as a, as a purification method yeah so they think it's like th- this maybe started with the Egyptians the Jewish peoples picked it up in mm-hmm. Egypt and adapted it for their yeah. practice and then it very, very gradually through a variety of means, means and ways um, and cultures becomes the imposition of ashes that um, is practiced in the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. I do know that in um, the Old Testament, it is recorded things like people in mourning would dress in sackcloth and throw ashes and dirt on their head. Yeah, that was, that, and that's, that's um, a, a mourning kind of, or if you felt guilty about something that you did. Right. It's a, it's a mourning tradition. The association, especially in um, Christianity mm-hmm. and Judaism, is ashes represent humility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So to, yeah. to be, uh, to wear ashes is to humble yourself right. before your grief. Yeah. Famously, King David mm-hmm. uh, was 
mourning the death of his child that he had the first child after his affair and uh he dressed in sackcloth yeah. and threw ashes and all and that yeah and the sackcloth is related to yeah. the humility thing yeah. as well like you take off your fine clothes and you wear this yeah. terrible material yeah um they do that in other cultures as well mm-hmm. um you see uh related um like there are specific mourning garments that are worn in china yeah. and things like that humbling yourself before mortality i right. guess is the right. is the use case there Mm -hmm. There are other uses for ash in various cultures. Like in Africa, ashes are seen primarily as a life-giving thing rather Mm -hmm. than a mortality-related thing. Mm -hmm. And in most modern witchcraft contexts, ashes are seen uh, in one of three ways. Either as letting go of something, Mm -hmm. as a source of renewal, or as representative of transformation. Mm-hmm. I took more of a magical approach mm-hmm. to uh, learning, you know, about ashes because basically what it, it is about a, a transformation. The articles that I read really kind of compared it to alchemy, transforming right. one material into another, your wood or you're, through, by fabric it, yeah. or whatever. You're transforming it by into, burning into it ashes. into ashes, <laughs> and so that yes, it is a it is used to tap into transformation and to release and to purification and things like that. And it can be added to all kinds of things. It can be added to spell bags. It can be uh, used as the component of the spell, like when you write something on a piece of paper and you burn it. Um, You know, what do you do with those ashes? You can bury them. You can blow them into the wind. You can put them in water, you know. Uh, Careful with water. Well, yeah. Because wood ash and water is how you make lye. (laughs) Oh, true. So maybe not into water. Mm. Because depending on how much ash and how much water. (laughs) True, true. It it can be used as either as the spell or it can be used as part of a spell component. You can add ashes to potions and use it to anoint tools, the body, uh, places, create circles, and and put it in inks. You can uh, add different types of ashes from different various woods and things to empower just about anything. And you can base your correspondence on the type of material that you are burning uh, whether it's herbs or woods or whatever, to create your ash and go forward and use it from there. Yeah, I actually save all of my ashes from mm-hmm. any kind of incense. I even save my burnt matches mm-hmm. and I uh, grind them up in the mortar and pestle after yeah. I've collected enough of them and add them to my ash jar. Exactly. You um, can use bark, flowers, mm-hmm. all kinds. The thing that you don't want to do is burn plastics, anything that has like like a newspaper that would have a like an you know, a toxic kind of ink or something. Anything you shouldn't burn anything, anyway. Yeah, anything that you shouldn't burn, uh, that might have some kind of a, you know, toxic fume or something mm-hmm. is what you want to avoid. But you know, use natural products and... I mean, you can also you know. burn, like, printer paper. That'll be fine. Well, yeah, but they're talking <laughs> about newspaper and yeah. things like that. There are... Magazines. Ab- yes, obviously there are some things you shouldn't burn, but you should just already yeah. know what those things are. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you should, but, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, it, it really is interesting to use ash in your spell work, and mm-hmm. so there's a lot of uses for it, and it's something that's been done for ages and ages. Um, in, it's not in just various forms, in various yeah. forms and various cultures for various reasons. 
Rannon says, I forgot Christians, Catholics do the ash thing because just in my own practice, I've definitely drawn sigils on myself with oil and then added ash on top to make them visible. Yep. Yep. That's definitely another thing you can do with ashes is. Yeah. And the advantage with that is that uh, ashes and oil do not make lye. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) In fact, adding oil to a mixture of wood ash and Mm -hmm. water is how you make soap. Mm -hmm. That's the difference between lye and soap. If you want to, you know, put some ash into into an ink that you want to use for to write something. Yeah, so I don't know how many people are like conscious or thinking about this, but like most inks traditionally Mm -hmm. were made with just a fluid Mm -hmm. and some form of carbon. Yeah. So like an ink stick Mm -hmm. is a highly condensed stick of burnt carbon. Mm -hmm. That's it. You can also use, um, if you want to make a magical ink or something, you mm-hmm. can do a combination of, of resins and, and different things to to create um, your magical inks, like dragon's blood ink and mm-hmm. things like that, and add the ash to that. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, I would definitely say um, if you've got like a long-term mm-hmm. piece of work that you're going to continue, like something that might be good is to do like a spell for self-love or something mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. burn that spell yeah put the ashes of that spell work into, into an, an ink. ink that you then use to journal your progress in your your journey to self-love right exactly exactly and i think sometimes we forget you know we can create these inks to use in our our mm-hmm. spell work yeah you our... don't have to you don't have to buy one <laughs> yeah yeah you can you can you can make ink out of of a bunch of different objects mm-hmm. you know black Black walnut. Ink. We used to make black walnut ink all the time yeah. when I was a kid because yeah. we lived where in a there was a black walnut tree on exactly. my grandmother's property, and we used to go grab a whole bunch of those yep. and make ink. Yep. So make ink from that. There's something very satisfying when you yeah. learn how to make your own ink, especially when you're using it for spells mm-hmm. or to write in your grimoire. And or... it's not as hard as you think it no, is. No, it's really not. Sometimes it can take a little bit of practice to get the right texture. Yeah, to get the texture is the hard part mm-hmm. with ink because sometimes you'll get it and it'll be too grainy yeah. effectively. And then yeah. you are going to run into some graininess probably mixing ash into uh-huh. your ink. But yet there can also be uh, an interesting potency about mm-hmm. that texture. Yeah, the texture you know. can be fun in it and of itself. It can be fun in, in and um, of itself. Yeah. I think the only thing I would caution is, um, like, maybe don't use it in your fancy fountain pen. <laughs> right. I always, pretty much, we always used, uh, like, a quill of some kind yeah. when we used... Uh, Just a simple quill. A simple yeah. quill for get using... Get a turkey feather yeah. that you're allowed to have. <laughs> exactly. Or maybe if you want to get fancy, you can get those um, calligraphy Yeah, with the little... Nibs, yeah, things. yeah, exactly. Um, but just get cheap ones because you're going to be using homemade ink and it's exactly. going to clog it up eventually. Exactly. Thing to, to be conscious of with that. But, but it's an adventure to try and you can is. find recipes for various types of inks online. So Yeah, Rhiannon says homemade inks are best for dip pens rather than cartridges yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah I would yeah. not put a homemade no. ink in a cartridge at all. No, don't put um, it in a cartridge. I actually really like um, my dip pen that I use now is a glass pen. Ooh, yeah. And you're not going to fuck up a glass pen. Yep. Like there's no, that nib is not going to get fucked up. All you have to mm-hmm. do is wash it off. And the thing is when you, it's actually really nice to do that. That's mm-hmm. a good idea. Because even with a quill, like a feather yeah, quill. Yeah, it'll eventually it'll build eventually up. It'll eventually build up and you have to replace it. Yeah. But the glass pen is really, really easy um, to clean. Really easy to clean. Yeah. yeah. 
So get a glass dip pen. They're not that expensive. There you can find mm-hmm. them in a f- bunch of fun colors, mm-hmm. um, and they're really really easy for using a homemade pen. Yeah. And I think you'll find that um, the more you use magical ink for your work, the more the more you'll want you'll to. You'll want to. <laughs> the vibe is just good. It's it's just a really good vibe. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with traditional no. pens and Mm-mm. absolutely things like, like you can use a ballpoint pen and be fine. Absolutely. But it adds some ritual to exactly, the practice. Exactly. Exactly. And you can put your intention into mm-hmm. the making of the ink and, you know. Yeah, I mean, and and making a sacred ink. Oh, yeah. Right? Like burning sacred herbs and plants mm-hmm. and using that. Or burnt Exactly. And using that burnt carbon to make mm-hmm. your ink. Yeah. Makes, it makes, and then using that ink to write prayers. Exactly. Or because invoke the gods, these kinds of things. Because remember, when you're using things like herbs and resins and tree bark and mm-hmm. things like that, you are actually using, you're asking the assistance of these plant spirits and yeah. these tree spirits. These these individual spirits are coming together all to of strengthen the, your intention with their energy. Energy. Yeah. yeah. All of the um, correspondences yes. that you would have with those things get condensed. condensed into the ink. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rhiannon recommends getting a paint mill. To mm. make your ink super smooth. Oh yeah, so that's a good, that's a good that's idea. A good idea too, yeah. That's a very good idea. Um, I just go with the the mortar and pestle and work really hard. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep. So consider making your own ink, and then consider mm-hmm. adding your ash for you know yeah, for to, whatever specific purpose for your to your ink. Making it from a sacred flame, mm-hmm. you know, a sacred fire. Yep, that goes way, 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 way back. Using ash for divination there are a bunch of different ways to use ash for so divination. and it's yeah. it goes way back mm-hmm. i'm uh spodomancy i think is yes. how it's yes spodomancy. spodomancy and for instance aeschylus who is a greek playwright noted that ashes from a fireplace could be divined for portents and signs mm-hmm. um and so the greeks would would use ashes um for their divination and they would do it. I thought this was interesting. They would have these ashes and they would do their divination by writing a name, a word, a phrase, a question in the ashes with their finger or a stick and then wait for a breeze mm-hmm. to come along and either create a new letter or some kind of an image from which they could divine their answer. Yeah. And then, oh, and this was interesting too. The uh, prophecy gifts in ancient Greece, they were believed to be um, mostly a among particular families and kind of handed down. So if someone was going to divine by ashes from a sacred fire or a sacrificial fire, it could only be someone who was from a family of prophecy, you know, that had prophecy in their lineage. Mm -hmm. Um, That's also probably how you stay rich. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, it is. But something else to note is that divination by ashes has been used worldwide. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, globally in Absolutely. various forms. Like the Etruscans used it. Yep. The Chinese have used, used it. it. Um, there are some Native American yep. uh, divination with ashes. The Romani mm-hmm. have used it. Um, all over the world, there are, Absolutely. there are various forms of divination using ashes. Um, I thought this was interesting. In Poland and in Slavonia, only women were allowed or are allowed to practice divination by ashes. And one of the ways that Polish women would divine using ashes is if someone was sick, they would pour ashes around the bed of the the person. Mm-hmm. 
and divine based on on how how, it, how the ashes how fall. ashes fell whether they would recover or whether they would pass there's actually some interesting um superstitions about that as well like there are um there's a superstition that if someone in a house is very very ill mm-hmm. an old superstition that doesn't apply to most households now but it used to be the superstition that someone in a house fell very very ill you had to leave the ashes in the fireplace mm. because if you took the ashes out of the house and disposed of them that person would die like you would take their remaining health with the ashes oh interesting yeah one of the things that romani folklore uh says about how the ashes have been used is that they would cast or may cast ashes onto the floor mm-hmm. and depending on how it lands depend will determine whether you have good fortune or mm-hmm. bad fortune so yeah. if it's very smooth when and just kind of yeah. floats out onto the floor, you have good fortune. But if it lands in clumps. In clumps and piles, then you have bad fortune on the horizon. Bad vibes. And then I thought this was interesting, too. In, in Celtic pagan tradition, um, they didn't necessarily divine by ashes, like mm-hmm. writing in them, looking for images, but they would sleep next to the ashes of sacrificial, you know, that were mm-hmm. um, animals that were sacrificed mm-hmm. and glean information through their dreams, through dreams that way. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just interesting to me that ashes are sort of a global phenomenon. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, not like obviously people burn things all over the world. Well, yeah. But it's interesting to me that sort of every society has... Has a divination. A, has, no, or... not even a divination. Every society has some kind of... Oh. Has a, has associated some kind of sacred quality. Right. Some kind ashes. of a, a sacred use, mm-hmm. whether it's for ritual or for magic or divination or, yeah, or religious religious purposes exactly. or some kind some kind of reason to use the ashes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. it's never just this is trash. Yeah. I did think this was interesting within the Chinese culture, the Qin dynasty and the Han dynasties, they would use their animals from our ashes from animal sacrifices but it was only the rulers and people in the in the upper echelons who could use the ashes for divination that doesn't surprise me because in china the emperor rules by the mandate of heaven so Mm -hmm. yep and it (laughs) was usually closer to to the divine yeah and it would be ashes that were used to appease spirits or to offer to the ancestors among other things. Among they other offer things. a lot of things to the ancestors yeah. in China. Yeah. But anyway, I just thought that was very interesting. Mm-hmm. Join our Tiger Crystal at Apothecary Teas. This shop produces fragrant, aesthetically beautiful teas that delight all the senses with handcrafted tea blends from white to red to green. This week, Ode suggests White Queen with a blend of Pai Mutan, Rose Petals, Lavender, and Vanilla. Find them at apothecaryteastore.com or on Facebook at Apothecary Teas LLC. Hail Dictinus. Hail Dictinus. Now I mean, you light some things on I'm fire. I'm going to light some things on fire. My very favoritest thing. So like Rose, let's talk about rosemary ash real quick. Because oh, yeah. rosemary is Gwen's favorite protective plant. It is. So you could easily use rosemary ash from all the many times she has burned it mm-hmm. for protection or purification. Mm-hmm. And like put that on the door frames. Put it on the door frames. Or use it, it to establish a sacred space. Yep. Use it for a sacred space. Uh, uh Sprinkle it along the windowsills mm-hmm. for protection. Mm-hmm. Put it up on, on myself. Your, put it on your body. On put it on the, bo- in the in the, in the, the sole of your shoe. Sole shoes. of my shoe as a sigil. Mm-hmm. 
there's so many uses for for that, and it is a, a an herb that I use a lot. Mm-hmm. So Gwen has a strong relationship yep. with rosemary. Yep. So most of the rosemary, rosemary ashes would be really powerful. Oh, absolutely. For her. And one of and most of the rosemary that I currently have mm-hmm. that I burn is from plants that I grew myself. Yep. So I have a very personal connection, even, even stronger connection. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Githa asks, do we know where scattering the ashes of those that have passed originated? I did not find anything about the history of that. I did find a lot of crematoriums talking about, like, the various things you can do with cremation ashes. Mm-hmm. Because they're not always scattered. Sometimes they're buried. Collected. Yeah, I mean, yes. they're all, the, the ashes of someone who is cremated are always collected. Yeah. They're usually presented to you in an urn of some right. kind. Sometimes you keep them in the urn mm-hmm. and might keep that in your house or something like that. Sometimes they are buried in a grave, mm-hmm. um, just as a corpse would be. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they are... Um, placed in a in a niche or a columbarium, mm-hmm. which is basically um, like a mausoleum that only contains ashes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they are scattered. Sometimes um, they are scattered. Yep. The scattering of ashes is more popular now than I think it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, it used to be much more common that cremation ashes would be placed in a mausoleum or yeah. something. Yeah. Um, would go to a a, a cemetery in some mm-hmm. form. Now it's much more common to scatter them in places with significance to the deceased. In fact, sometimes that is like stipulated in a will. Mm-hmm. My father wanted his ashes scattered in the, in the ocean mm-hmm. uh, because he lived in Myrtle Beach. Yeah. So they they were taken to the beach and, and scattered, scattered into, the into the waves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, this actually can cause problems because there are some places where it's not legal. Yes, that's very true. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. I will never forget this. There was a lady who we were invited to this, this lady's funeral. Mm-hmm. Um, it was when we were still Christians. Mm-hmm. And she wanted to be cremated. And because she loved shopping... <laughs> Oh, God, yes, I remember the story. I cannot believe it, but it's true. She wanted her ashes spread throughout her favorite mall. Her in favorite the favorite shopping mall. In her favorite shopping mall in various, er, you know, the, the, the planters, planters. In the various planters. And so, and it was not a legal practice no. in this particular state that was to not, scatter ashes. Because they are human remains, technically yes. speaking. But they did it. They they gave anybody who was willing to participate. Anybody who was willing to commit this crime. They gave the ashes in small little baggies. Uh-huh. I don't think they gave all the ashes. I think there was a portion maybe. But anyway, they literally went to the mall and walked around and very surreptitiously scattered Dumped her. them out in the Scattered the her ashes in all the, all the planters throughout the mall that they could find. <laughs> All her favorite stores in the food court area, you know, in the middle where gathering court areas. Oh, yeah. I mean, the whole, the whole place. Oh, my God. <laughs> and it was this big, huge mall. So, but yeah, yeah, I'll never forget that. I thought that was like, okay. It's a choice. It's a choice. <laughs> it's a choice. Ran and Gray is saying, I'm just thinking of that recent video that's going around of some people scattering grandpa in a pond or lake and the ducks eating them. <laughs> Uh, you take yeah, that risk. You take the risk. You take <laughs> the risk. Anytime you put something out into the nature, you take yep. the risk that the animals are going to eat it. <laughs> yep. Yep. Absolutely. Um, now, my mother, on the other hand, and my brother, are they were cremated and mm-hmm. put into urns, but they were both uh, placed into uh, graves yeah. at a cemetery. Which, like I said, used to be, That's used pretty, to be the normal, the normal sort of thing. way that, that, oh, that was handled. Like, you see, you'll see it, you know, a lot of times um, it's a large 
wall yeah. and with niches. Yeah, that's, and, the, that's the columbarium. Yeah, so you do that. But in this case, it's an actual uh, grave, grave site. It's grave yeah. site. That is I believe your next mother had. Yeah, I believe your mother had plots already. She did. Yeah, yeah she did that next to her parents. Yeah. and so that's where she and my brother's ashes were were placed. Interned. Mm-hmm. Githa says, we are actually considering using the ashes of our puppy that passed in soil to plant a memorial tree. Oh. That's actually a very, very good idea for on sort of two levels. First of all, scattering the ashes, just a very common way to... And I think it's more common now because people are trying to sort of release grief. Yeah. And so there's sort of a symbolic releasing, releasing. of, mm-hmm. of the, the person. Yeah. But also, ashes are just good fertilizer. Yeah. So mixing ashes into the soil you're going to plant a tree in mm-hmm. will create a stronger tree. <laughs> I, I think people get weirded out by the thought of scattering ashes, and maybe that's why it's against the law in some places. It's against the law in some because places. Because it's human. Not because it's creepy, but because it's human, human remains. Human yeah. remains. I think it comes from a place of, of creepy. <laughs> I, I, it is, I guarantee they're not making laws because of creepy. They make those laws because of human remains and and, uh, and the laws about human remains yeah. uh, being transported, usually. Well, that's true. That's true. But yeah, ashes are very, very useful um, as fertilizer. Mm-hmm. Great use in your gardens. Oh, God, yeah. If you can, if you have ashes. You have to be from... careful a little bit with um, how, many, how much yeah. ashes. Yeah. You want to distribute it widely if you have like a fire pit Mm -hmm. and you regularly use it and you don't use like a lot of accelerant exactly Um, you just use natural paper or wood wood yeah and then again as long as you're not burning anything with plastic right exactly you're not using magazine as your starter right you can put those log pieces that are Mm -hmm. left in the ashes that remain you know when you have to when you have to clean out your your fire pit you can put them in a compost pile yep and And it'll because it's very, it brings it's, nutrients. Yeah, it's got a lot of potassium, yeah, I believe, yeah. and it um it adjusts the pH level, and yeah. so it's actually just really really good. Yeah, uh, as an addition to fertilizer. Yeah, so you can you can use that. Um, um, again, just make sure that what you're putting in your fire right. is uh, appropriate, appropriate, and <laughs> will not harm the soil, but actually feed it mm-hmm. and provide nutrients. But even outside of um like a like a fire pit. If you are burning, like, say you have some plant allies, like Gwen mm-hmm. has some plant al- allies. Mm-hmm. Gwen has a lot of plant allies. I have a lot of plant allies, um, let's be honest. But say that you have a plant ally who is working with you on a particular subject, mm-hmm. um, and you also do a spell where you burn down some incense on that mm-hmm. particular subject, you mm-hmm. could sprinkle the ashes from that incense Absolutely. into the the plant's pot, mm-hmm. and it would strengthen the plant and strengthen the work you're doing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, yeah, there's a lot of, of things. You do have to be careful, I think, sometimes with incense, depending on the brand you use. Yeah, yeah. Who, you know, so make sure what you're, what uh, kind of incense you're using, that kind right. of stuff. Right, make sure it's not just fragrance or whatever. Yeah, but, yeah. But but there's a lot of really good uh, incense makers mm-hmm. out there. You can get and high I fr- quality. Frankly, I think even a low quality incense, mm-hmm. if you're using a small amount, it's yeah. probably going to be fine. Yeah. It's helpful. It's useful. And why not? You know, right. take advantage why, of these things. Why throw out the ashes exactly. when you can make use of them? Exactly. Um, Especially for incense. Recycle, reuse. Yeah. <laughs> recycle, reuse. Another um, really common use for ashes, and the one I predominantly save my ashes for, is making black salts. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Yes. It's very good. So there are all ashes should yeah, always be added in your black salt. In your black salt. Um, Absolutely. There are two kinds predominantly of black salt. There's a protective black salt and a cursum black salt. Mm-hmm. 
So you want to, if you do curse work and positive work or like protection work, you want to separate those you ashes. Different kinds of ashes and different kinds of salt. <laughs> yeah. So like I, I save all my ashes, but if I was doing a curse and I burnt part of that curse, those ashes would be kept separate from yes. my normal stash of ashes. Absolutely. Um, and they would be saved for a curse and black salt. Yep. Yep. The other thing I'd forgotten, this was years ago now that I learned this, but mm-hmm. uh, you can use ash and um, smoke to create a blackened mirror to for scrying. Oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. It would take a lot of smoke oh, it, it ash, takes though. It takes a lot. It does, believe yeah, me. I watched, a lot. I, I was in the class where it was demonstrated. A lot. Yeah, it, I was in the class where it was demonstrated, but it is a very interesting technique mm-hmm. for creating a black mirror. Vis-a-vis black salt, though, the thing to note about it is that most of the time your ashes are not going to be very dark. Black salt is not going to look very black. No, no. It, it, well, um, I, think I, think this, I think this throws a lot of people off because yeah. they mostly see like a commercial black salt yeah. that usually has been dyed. Yeah, there's usually some kind of a dye in it. Like the, the black salt that I have mm-hmm. at home that I have created, it's a dark steely gray yeah dark gray is about as black as as homemade black salt yep. is gonna get but black salt that i've purchased at a store is dark is black yeah because it's been dyed because it's been dyed. um you can do that with a homemade black salt mm-hmm. like if that is of concern to you yeah. if you like a really dark looking black salt you can mm-hmm. dye your your salt or you can use soot or charcoal yep. or something like that yeah you can use charcoal yeah, to make can, it darker you can grind up a little charcoal in there and mm-hmm. that will darken it up but then just bear in mind you've got powdered charcoal in your black salt and mm-hmm. uh, so uh, account for that yep and <laughs> how you use it yep but yeah so my my black salt is usually honestly my black salt is usually like a powdery light gray <laughs> yeah yeah mine's pretty like i think mine's pretty dark gray mm-hmm. um but part of it is I did use charcoal in mine. Right. And I don't tend to use charcoal. Yeah. Um, the darkest my um, ashes ever get is when I am grinding up matches. Mm-hmm. When I grind up burnt match sticks, that mm-hmm. tends to get pretty dark. But if I'm just using like incense ash yeah. or the ash of burnt spells, it's usually not very dark. Mm-hmm. Rhiannon says, true, which is why I'm introducing my new product, Gray's Gray Salt. It's good for protection and stuff, but can be used for curses if you throw it hard enough. <laughs> There you go. Excellent. Yeah. Well, black salt just sounds more impressive. Right. It sounds sounds spooky. (laughs) (laughs) So if you're keeping it all natural. Right. It's probably not going to be. It's probably not going to be as black as you. As you're anticipating. As you're anticipating or what you see commercially. Um, But that does not mean it will be any less effective. Oh, no. No. uh -uh. Um, I've never had any trouble with homemade black salt. Exactly. In fact, I prefer homemade black salt because I know exactly what energy is mm-hmm, in it. Exactly. With commercial stuff, it's, it can be hard to tell. Sometimes yep. it's literally just salt that has been dyed black. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Every now and again, you get one of those. And at that point, it's just salt. Yeah. You're like, why bother? Uh-huh. Join our tiger Amanda and relax with the salts of Wonderful Body Co. These soaks and scrubs inspired by popular books and characters are designed to delight multiple senses with fragrant scents and sparkling mica. You can also find rollerball fragrances, hair oils, perfume, and wax melts. With dozens of options available, you're sure to find something you like in the Wonderful Body Co. collection. This week, I'm recommending the Witch's Path Wax Melts with scents of incense, lavender, and oud. Find Wonderful Body Co. online at wonderfulbodyco.com or go directly to the shop at etsy.com slash shop slash wonderfulbodyco. Hail Dictinus. Hail Dictinus. Burning more rosemary. Mm-hmm. As Gwen mentioned earlier, there are a lot of ways you can 
use ashes in a spell. Like, like, okay. So, like, if you're going to use ashes to anoint a candle, what oh, you yeah. can do... Dressing a candle. Dressing a there candle. What you can do is, you know, anoint the candle with oil. And just as you would roll it into herbs... Live herbs, or, yeah. You know, that kind of thing. You can roll it into ash. In fact, you could use a, a mortar and pestle and grind the ash into whatever herbs you might want to include and then roll that all up or use your... Honestly, I would just burn all the herbs and you make want the, the ash into an ash. Yeah. Because it's going to stick better. It's going to stick better. <laughs> if you've ever dressed a candle, mm -hmm. God damn, it can be hard to get the herbs, the herbs to, to stick. stick. That's true. Um, so yeah, it might be better to, to go ahead and... and just, uh, just burn it just all. Just burn it all, create grind the it ash. Down. And that's going to stick to the oil much more easily. Mm -hmm. And it, and that way, if you want to use uh, a wood ash mm -hmm. in addition to the herbs that you mm -hmm. want to add, that that gives you an option. Yeah. You know, leaves. If you do, you want to use a leaf from one of your you know, dried leaf from one mm -hmm. of your favorite trees, um, rather than bark. That's an option as well. You can. All, all kinds of things. All kinds I, of things. I just say burn it all burn so it. that you have a, a uniform ash yeah. and to then, roll your candle in. And then you Plus, roll then it in. Plus then you run less risk of it catching on fire as it burns down. There is that. I don't know if you've ever had that problem with a dressed candle. Yes. I have. Yes. Where yes. there's something a little too exciting on it. Now, be f to be fair, yes, we're going to admit this. It's not as pretty. No, it will it, not look it's nice. It's not going to be as pretty as what you see on Instagram or, or TikTok. Mm -hmm when you see these candles burning down, hopefully not turning into gigantic flames. Uh -huh. No, it will not look as pretty. It's not going to look as pretty, but it will be just as effective. It will do the job. It'll do the job. Yeah. Rhiannon uses ash to hold other incense sticks upright in bowls. Mm. Plus it just adds to the pile so you never run out. Mm -hmm. That's clever. Mm -hmm. That's actually an interesting sort of evolution on the sand dish. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which is the traditional way that you would do that is you have a dish with sand in it and mm -hmm. you um, put your stick upright in the sand yeah. and it burns down into that. Exactly. You can also obviously you sprinkle your ash and obviously you use your ash after it's cooled yes wait until it is fully cooled <laughs> wait until it is fully it actually cooled does not take very long for ashes to cool down completely yeah from a candle or an incense stick or something like mm -hmm. that it takes significantly longer and longer than you expect for ashes to cool down from a fire yes from a fire from even when you're doing like a even when a, you burn on charcoal on yeah. charcoal or if you have a piece of paper that you've written a spell mm -hmm. on and you give that plenty of time to yeah. to cool off um the last thing you want is for is to like put that into a spell bag and your which spell bag catches on fire yeah. which is where i'm going <laughs> because you can sprinkle your ash into a spell bag in mm -hmm. addition to all your other components Definitely do, please, please, please. Wait until it's fully Wait cooled. until it's fully cooled. It may take you a little longer, but that just means you're preparing your spell right. longer. You spend more time. You spend more time on focusing on it. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, um, don't be don't be in a rush. Yeah. If you're gonna use ash, take your, take time. your time. Definitely. Um, that's just a safety feature. For that's ash. just a safety feature. Um, also, or, don't consume ashes. Yeah. So, like, if you're gonna put. Like, if you're going to put it in a potion, don't mm -hmm. put it in a potion you intend to ingest. Exactly. Because, you know, you can put a use a potion that is never going exactly. to pass is, your lips. It's not ingestible. It's not ingestible. I know a lot of people think of potions as purely a, a thing that you ingest. It doesn't yeah, have to be. It doesn't have to be. Um, but if you're making an ingestible potion, don't no use ashes. No ashes. The sa For basically the same reasons that you don't eat charcoal, because it's going to make you sick. Yeah. It's it's an emetic. Yep. <laughs> you are going to throw up. Yep. 
Which um, is why it's in a lot of uh, first aid kits. Yeah, exactly. Like, charcoal has a medical charcoal use. Charcoal has it a sure medical does. use. It'll um, make you throw up. But do not, unless you, that is your intended goal. Don't do it. Do not eat ashes. Although there are lots of um, historical instances of eating ashes and yeah. things like that being a, a morning thing. Right. I do not recommend that you do that. It will make yeah. you sick. Yeah. So, but yeah, just pretty much any of the things that you would use your, your powdered herbs or things like that, you, you can use, you can put an ash in there, mm-hmm. you know. Like if, um, like if you're making a little spell jar, mm-hmm. uh, to like an a, a amulet for protection yep. and you, that you're going to wear as a necklace. Burn your herbs and mm-hmm. your little spell and, you know, and just put it all in there. Which will, again, condense. This, this is one of the advantages of ashes is it can condense a lot of materials into a very small, small pile. Exactly. And then if you want, then you'll have more room mm-hmm. for stones or or bones or mm-hmm. whatever you're planning to add to your, to your, your jar. spell jar. Yeah. Especially, Especially if, if you're, you're doing wear. one of those little pendant. Yeah, Gwen is like gesturing because she's she means one of those little pendant ones yeah. that's like the size of a teaspoon. And so, yeah, it would so, just like, condense it would be, the space. It would be a challenge to get a rosebud in there, mm-hmm. but getting some rosebud ashes in there, much more feasible. Exactly. Exactly. And there is also, you have to be willing to get a little messy, Yeah. but you can wear ashes. Mm-hmm. No, you don't have to wear them in a obvious fashion, but you can do like Rhiannon does, where she mm-hmm. draws a sigil with the oil and uses the ash to make the sigil mm-hmm. visible. Mm-hmm. You can put ashes in your clothing. Mm-hmm. Like I said, in the soles of your shoes is a popular one. Mm-hmm. Or you could sew a little bit of ash into the lining of a, a, of a garment. Or a garment mm-hmm. or a coat or whatever. A cloak. I would recommend not trying, not wearing ashes on your hands because right. you're gonna again run into that like, ooh, I'm gonna eat something now. Yeah, yeah. You, um, you would wash your hands a... thoroughly after you use your ashes. Yeah. The other thing is that there is a long tradition in hoodoo and voodoo particularly of sprinkling dusts or ashes mm-hmm. um, in the path of someone you want the spell to impact. Mm-hmm. So. And that's just a an all-purpose, very useful technique. Mm-hmm. And this, you mostly see this used in curses, but it doesn't exclusively have to be used in curses. <laughs> but like, if you are cursing somebody, you might burn that curse down and mm-hmm. sprinkle the ash around their doorstep yep. or something like that, where they're going to step in it. Yep. The only thing to be cautious of with that is that then anyone who steps in it will be affected. Mm -hmm. So you have to target it carefully. But that can be a very useful way to impose ashes uh, in a a pagan context. That is very true. Is having someone walk right through them. Mm -hmm. Rannon says, I have seen people bury stones in ash instead of in soil for cleansing them. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. It's very good for purification. Yeah, especially if you have built up a collection of ashes that you have used mostly in protection or purification work. Mm-hmm. Those would be useful to just reserve for, yeah. yeah for, for cleansing for stones cleansing or other kinds of tools. Clen- cleansing various tools, yeah. Mm-hmm. Also adding to corners of the home. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. There are basically as many uses as there are for anything you can burn, you mm-hmm. can use ashes for those things, yep. I guess is what it boils down to. Yep. Um, and again, the, the benefit... Is right. that it? It's it condensed. Condensed. It's subtle. And the subtle. other thing with yeah. with ashes is because they're not as black as you think they're going to be because they're mostly like a very light gray. Mm-hmm. Um, most people are not going to notice ashes just like around your house. Yeah. And most they'll think it's, it's dust. It's <laughs> it, it, you need to clean. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. 
It's not going to make waves or draw a whole lot of attention. It's Ash is subtle. Yeah. In a way that's very useful. Especially if you are a closeted witch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's all I have for ashes. The other, I guess the only other thing is to think about why ashes might be, other than than practical purposes, mm-hmm. which was what we sort of just been talking about, mm-hmm. think about contexts in which ashes might be more appropriate than the raw material, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So like, because there is this transformative a- aspect of ash and because it transforms through fire, mm-hmm. you are always bringing fire and transformation energy into the energy of the ash. Mm-hmm. So like burnt rosemary has the protection element of rosemary. So, and it also has the earth element from rosemary, mm-hmm. but it has the fire element and mm-hmm. it has the transformation element mm-hmm. and a little bit of a death element even. Mm-hmm. So like if those elements are not appropriate for your spell, if they are contraindicated, don't use ash mm-hmm. for that purpose. I would also say, you know, depending on what you're burning, especially if you're going to sprinkle it around your home, anywhere there's children or pets, mm-hmm. make sure that it's not something that uh, is going to be harmful. To children or pets. Any kind of ash Any they kind of ash. eat. Yeah. So make sure it's out of their reach yeah. make is sure what I would say. Yeah. Um, less less about making sure that it like doesn't have toxins in it and more about making sure they can't they access can't it access at all. They can't access it. Yeah. 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 But obviously do make sure it just doesn't have toxins in it. Mm-hmm. Just in general. But I think that's everything that I have. So mm-hmm. unless you have something else, Gwen. Nope. Nope. Just right. be smart and yep. But do use ashes. Shit. Yeah. I think... <laughs> uh, Rhiannon also says, make sure it's a plant you should even be burning. Lots yes. of stuff smoke isn't good to breathe. Yes. yes, that is very true. There are lots of popular witchy herbs mm-hmm. that, should that you should not, not burn. be burned. Um, Belladonna is one. All, almost bane. all of the banefuls. All of the banefuls be do not be burning um, these. But there are plenty of non-baneful non-toxic. plants that you also should not be burning. Yeah. Um, so just... and Do a little research. Yeah. And also maybe just don't inhale... Everything you burn <laughs> and also get good ventilation. Yeah, obviously make sure that when if you are uh, burning materials, you have good ventilation. Mm-hmm. You're making it's in a fire safe container. Burn outside if possible. Burn outside if yeah. possible. Make sure you have water uh-huh. uh, to prevent any accidents mm-hmm. and um, and make sure that you give it plenty of time to cool. Yeah, exercise lots of caution. Yeah, be when smart. You are making ashes. Exactly. Be smart and use them with wisdom. Yep. You can find us on the search engine of your choice. If you search the number three and the words Pagans and a Cat or the number three and the letters P-A-A-C, you can also find us online at the number three PagansandACat.com where you can find links to all the things we do, including our Patreon where you can help support us, services where you can hire us for tarot, uh, Gwyn's Patheos Pagan blog, which she updates twice a month, mm-hmm. and you won't find a link to it there, but you can also find Gwyn on TikTok. That's right. Where I do lots of silly things. Where she does lots of things. A variety of things. <laughs> a variety all, of all things. Manner all manner of things. things. That's right. Uh, let's see. Is there anything else that we do that I need to say? No, just that we love you. We appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Especially that since you have stuck around with us for this long. Right. Thank you for being part of the pride. Yes. So that's it. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>